Hey folks, welcome into the PFI College Football Show, week 11 of the CFB season, getting there. I just can't wait to this time next year, whenever we're all going. Like this, this show's going to take a step up next year, whenever there's a 12-team playoff. But uh, Michael McQuaid, Dark Harder, Connell Diggin, apologizing publicly to the both of you boys for not having the show last week. I was in Spain. My bad. Feel bad. Uh, Dara, did you miss me, even though I seen you in Frankfurt at the weekend? Yeah, I missed you um, all week. You know, it was, uh, it was nice to reunite in Frankfurt for the first time in, in since the since the Aviva game. So you wouldn't think that we only live, you know, maybe about an hour away, and and you're about fifteen minutes away from Colliano on any given day. So you know, it's a you wouldn't think we're we're as close as we are, but yeah, we're uh, we only seem to meet up in other countries other than our own. Manuel, tells the crack. How you doing? Uh, fine. You know, finally recovered from weeks of, you know, just watching a bunch of games, but managed to get a couple of games in this weekend. And it was, it was a pretty good weekend, specifically the LSU and Missouri game. I think that was probably my highlight or my favorite game of the weekend. Or sorry, Georgia, Missouri, actually. And that was a really good game. Um, well, it didn't, wasn't as eventful as what you had, you know, getting to go all the way over to Germany and everything. But, you know, we, we had a good time, so that's that's all that matters. All that matters. It's good to see everyone. For people on the podcast, Connell's rocking November and looks very, very fresh, like a young Eamon Fitzmaurice. Anywho, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's, um, can we talk about Michigan? Like, before we even talk about Michigan, Penn State, can we talk about Michigan? But by the time this podcast, because Jim Harbour might not, might not have a job, Dara, what's your whole like sort of take on this whole sign stealing situation? Because it just seems to be getting more and more mad each day. To be honest with you, yeah, um, I'm not like the biggest expert in it because it's all a bit of like a it's not a non-story. It, it is a crazy story, but I feel like um, it's it just seems like one absolutely insane like rogue agent from Michigan in, in this guy Connor Stallions is just it's just kinda he's in a world of his own and he's sneaking on the sidelines now and he's, you know, st- sitting at halfway halfway point behind games and it's wild like um it, it makes for good entertainment. Uh I like seeing different uh you know the the midfield line of the Ohio State Stadium is just like plastered in people wearing a full Michigan gear with sunglasses <laughs> on. Like that's a brilliant. That was a, the best Halloween costume you could possibly get. Um, but yeah, like it's such a weird situation where it feels almost unreal. Like it does. It feels like a, a, a made up story that they're they got this guy who's going around and stealing signs off of Michigan State, who we all know that Michigan would comfortably beat by 35 with their eyes closed. So it's <laughs> it's a strange situation, but who knows? Hopefully it doesn't like completely derail their season because they are probably a top three team in college football at the moment. So we don't really want to completely mess with the playoff in that respect. Yeah, it almost feels like, I think Dara's hit me on the head there, Connell, to be honest with you. It feels like, to me, like we're not going to hear anything about this until like the third week in January. Am I mad to think that? I think before the Ohio State game, I think it kind of gets turned back up a little bit because there'll be some comments from somebody coming out. But I, I'm really looking forward to it because I think it'll be really fun. And like the whole thing with this situation is if someone told you it happened, I don't think you'd believe them because it seems like one of those things that you and your friends would come up with. It's like, oh, why don't they just do this? And you'd be like, no one would be stupid enough 
to actually go and do it and put on, you know, spy glasses and a cap and, you know, wear all the gear and everything like that and sit on the sidelines and stand on the sidelines. And he was even like, if they, he saw the camera was panning over to him, he'd like block out his face and everything like that. It was, it's kind of just like a, a little comedy sketch going on <laughs> mid game. And like, then there's all the stuff of him being next to the defensive coordinator and next to the offensive coordinator for these big games last year and everything. So it, it's been going on, but I think it, it, you're probably right. It's like, we don't hear about this until probably the season's over simply because, you know, I think even college football knows like, Michigan being good brings in a whole lot of money for them. So if they can be like, look, we don't want to distract from the rest of the season. Let's let them play it out. Um, that's probably what ends up happening, I think. I'm going to put money metaphorically right now on we're sitting in Vegas for the Super Bowl on the Tuesday or Wednesday, and it comes out then when it's buried, when people want to talk about Michigan are champions. Yes. <laughs> well, they're going to put their nine-game winning streak, Dara, on the line this weekend, Penn State. Um, Michigan's best win of the season, you could argue, was against Rutgers, but you know you would finally say that finally this week they're going to have a serious challenge, but they've got one of the best offenses in college football. Uh, they've scored over 40 points per game. They've averaged 6.79 yards per play this season. You could argue, I mean, if you look at guys like J.J. McCarthy, obviously he's one of the favorites to win the Heisman. He's at some season. But he's still at times, like even over the last couple of weeks where he's been inconsistent. So he's going up against a real like sturdy defense in Penn State. Uh, Blake Corum is one of the nation's best rushers. What's your thoughts on this game? Do you think that the outside world could get to Michigan in this game a bit? Like, you know, you're, you're talking about a defense for Penn State that have held teams to an average of I think around 6.7 points per game. So it's it's trying to stop teams and really give Michigan that challenge that everyone wants to see them have. Yeah, um, it's funny. Like Michigan have somehow gone this entire length of the season without playing a good team. They've barely played a team with a winning record. It's like considering the fact that the Big Ten has been widely renowned as maybe the second best conference in college football over the last couple of years, to have not played a single remotely competitive team. And now they're given the benefit of the doubt because the teams that they are playing, they're just absolutely dismantling. It feels like every time you check a Michigan score, it's, you know, 50 to six or something like that. So that's, it's obviously its whole, its own dynamic. Um, this is going to be their first real test. On the Penn State side of things, they've bounced back well from that disappointment against Ohio State a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, at the start of the season, predicted a three-way tie between the three big powers in this division. Um, so that would require then a Penn State win here and a Michigan win over Ohio State, which isn't completely ridiculous to say. Um, obviously, it's a wee bit disappointing that this is a 5 p.m. kickoff for us. Well, depends on where you look at this. It's good that we get to watch this game at 5 p.m. and not in the middle of the night. We don't have to stay up for it. But also, in terms of the atmosphere... This really should have been the whiteout game. This should have been the prime time under the lights game where like you, you cannot hear a single thing in that stadium. It's the best atmosphere of the year. But because of Fox's whole big noon kickoff the strategy with not, not wanting to compete with other ESPN and CBS and the like, they, they put this their showpiece game at, at five PM for us. So there's good there's good things and there's bad things about that. But yeah, this is a this is gonna be a good good one. This is obviously the game of the week. Um I think Michigan favored by four, four and a half right now. So that can really, it's it, it's a tough one to call. But I mean, 
you think that Michigan just with that extra little bit of pedigree, it feels like Penn State might need something to go their way, you know, a big block punt return or a, a missed field goal here or there. I feel like Michigan don't need that kind of luck to win this one. Yeah, and Connell, like Michigan are probably not going to be feeling the pressure from the rest of the week. I mean, they won 41-13 against Purdue last weekend. They're, they're going to go out and try and do their job. Yeah, I mean, like they've not given up more than one touchdown in a game so far this year, which what were nine, eight, nine games in for them so far this year, which like to say that is absolutely insane for any team. Like they have a top five defense and offense. Um, they have like they're coming up against, you know, Penn State, who are obviously a really good team. But I, the best way I can describe it is Penn State are the one B to, you know, Ohio State and Michigan's one A. Like there is just a slight talent gap and a slight I guess coaching gap. I mean, Ryan Day and um, and Jim Harbaugh are two of the best coaches in college football. And you know, James Franklin is obviously one of the best coaches. And you know, could even if an Alabama job came up, but and he were to ever get it, no one would be you know turning their nose at that. Like he'd be fully deserving of it. But I just think there is a there is a slight talent gap between these two teams. And even though Penn State are at home, I just is too good. I think even with all this stuff's been around them as well, they do kind of have this chip on their shoulder now that's kind of, you know, a lot of great teams have. I mean, Pep Guardiola and stuff, they talk about, you know, creating like a siege mentality of now everyone's against us. So they find some way of winning even when they shouldn't. And, you know, I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to go us against the world basically for the rest of the season and it might get them all the way. It might. Let's see what happens. Always love to hear about the Pep Guardiola. realizing that Connell's too young to remember days whenever Man City didn't win every bloody game. Anyway, uh, hold on, you're you're an Arsenal fan, so I'll I'll try and get the whole. Aren't you? Yeah. No, 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 no. Where, Where did you get that from? Why do I think he's an Arsenal fan? What what the hell's wrong with? Why I genuinely thought. Connell I just have him. ball knowledge, so like I just know everything. In general, yeah, like I mean, imagine a college football coach coming out like Arteta last week. It's that. probably anyway, happened. It probably has happened. To be fair, oh, the, who was it? Mike Gundy a couple of years, like years and years ago, he didn't like how the media were talking about, about his players, and he was like, um, you know, if you're talking, you talk about me. Um, I'm, uh, I'm forty. You know, I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm forty. <laughs> Always like one of the best college football clips of all time. That's up there with like the playoffs. You kidding me? Kind of playoffs. Or the with the Mike Singletary. It's like cannot coach with them. Cannot win with them. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> oh geez, boys, right? <laughs> Ole Miss, Georgia. Um, look. Even a lot of people out there saying that Georgia have not played as well as they have in recent years. I mean, they haven't really faced anybody of note in comparison to some of their schedules over the last few years. First time these two teams have played each other since November of COVID year. The big question is, can Ole Miss get the win on the road? Because this really is the biggest game for Georgia this year. Uh, Dara, Georgia have allowed at least 20 points in five of their last six games. You're looking at Ole Miss trying to get as many points on the board here as possible because they're going to present serious challenges to this Georgia team. Yeah, well, you know, at the start of the year, and for some reason it's, it has changed now, but at the start of the year, it kind of felt like Georgia and Michigan were your top two teams. 
Georgia have faced tougher opponents. Michigan have been winning more emphatically, though, so that it's difficult to tell the difference in them there. But anyway, this one for Georgia, um, like obviously, as you said, this is their toughest game of the year. Ole Miss are well and truly in the playoff competition, in playoff contention. If they win this game, you know, you're talking about them going to an SEC, potentially going to an SEC championship game against Georgia, and then you know they're, they're playing them and saying well we already beat them so you know you, you're you could be talking about if they were to beat george twice in a year which does sound a little unthinkable you know for a team like Ole Miss, but you can't rule it out if they want to win this game a lot of it comes down to being on schedule and um, they're uh obviously they're a, a great passing attack but but they make their money through the run game um quinchon judkins is their running back he is like a guarantee to rush for over 100 yards in every single game. For Georgia there without uh, Dumas Johnson, the linebacker, that will absolutely hurt their run defense. So if you see Ole Miss like, stick in this game through the first quarter or, or quarter and a half and really get that run game going and, and keep it tight the whole way, this could go right down to the wire. Um, you know, Georgia don't have Brock Bowers. They are lacking him, but their offense hasn't really missed too many beats without him. They're just, you know, it's Georgia's relentless machine of of well oil. It's a well oiled moving parts. It's it's just perfect for Georgia. So, um, I think it's a tough one to call, but uh, like it will be a it'll be a loud environment. Yeah, absolutely, because it's on it's on the road for Georgia. But I think that at the end of the day, it's talent versus you know. Similar to the last game, maybe to a greater extent, it's one team needs everything to go right. The other team can have a, a meh, mid-ish sort of day and still win the game. That's such a millennial word, mid. Um, mid. Mid. Connell, I just feel like Ole Miss put 35 points up to win this game. Simple for me. Maybe I'm just too simple. You think if you, you think you're thinking like they need to outscore, which I, I probably agree with you, but... Mathematically, I don't know correct. if too many yeah. teams are putting up 30. <laughs> the Michael Owen, whoever scores more goals, wins. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's whether, yeah, they get they get to 35 points, like they absolutely could win, but will Georgia even let them get that high? You know, that's the real kind of question. I think they, they very rarely even give up somewhere even near that. Now, I know last year against Ohio State, I think it was... 35 or 42 points that Ohio State put up on them in the playoff. Now, that was against CJ Stroud and with what he's been doing in the NFL, I think that's kind of to be expected. But, like, the Ole Miss, like, they're good. And, like, this could be, they're kind of on track, even if they lose this game to get 10 wins this year, which would be the second time in four years since Lane Kippen's been their head coach that they put up that much, which is really impressive. Like, they're a good offense. They've beaten, like, LSU. They've beaten Tulane, Texas A&M, like, some good teams so far this year. And, you know, they lost to Alabama, but they were kind of in it for a decent part of that game. And Jackson Dart as well, their quarterback, probably, first off, probably one of the best quarterback names ever, like just having Dart as your second name being a quarterback. But also, like, he's been fairly solid. And he could go into the draft this year, but he's only, like, 20 right now. So he's he's more than likely going to come back next year. And Georgia has performed really well the last few weeks even without Brock Bowers you know Lad McConkney has had over 100 yards in the last two games as well so their defense is stacked and the offense has you know improved slightly every single game and Carson Beckers has actually been really good the last couple weeks as well so I think just with that in mind I think they win this game 
it's not really going out the, out there to say that they'll win this game, but I think they win it fairly comfortably. But Ole Miss, I don't think, would take it if they did lose this game. Love it. That's what it's, it's just like, you know, they, like they lose this game. They lose this game and they still have a chance to get 10 wins and it's even 11 if they win um, a bowl game. So, like, they have a good season and they lose probably the two games on their schedule. They would have been predicted to absolutely lose Alabama and Georgia. So, it's not it's not a disappointment. So, the guy spelled D-A-R-T, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dart. Love the Darts. Oh, the darts. Okay. You go to the darts in Belfast. Oh, they should make religiously go to the darts in Belfast, and we will be back this year. We haven't got tickets yet, and it's sold out. But any money, any money, name your price, I will be there. It used to always be around my birthday at the end of February. We used to always go. Oh yeah, it's it's late this year. It's maybe March or April this year. Maybe we should go. Connell, me and Dublin, we'll we'll all go down. I'll I'll drive us home. Not, Bama. Kentucky boys is up next. Uh, Bama currently number eight going into week eleven. Now Kentucky started the season five and zero, and then literally, well, where do we start? They lose against Georgia, they lose against Tennessee, they lose against Missouri, and then they win last week against Bulldogs twenty four to three to get back into a win situation. But Alabama, after almost completely wrecking the bed against USF in the third week of the season. And losing the Texas have turned around. They're eight and one. They're ranked eighteenth in opponent points per game. They've held this last three opponents to two combined rushing touchdowns in each game. This is going to be a really interesting game, Darren. Like honestly, this is the one game that I want to watch this weekend. Just get a heap of pints and just sit and watch. But I don't know what beer house in Frankfurt is going to have it on. Yeah, well, there's definitely like sports bars or something that would. Have this game on. Um, You'd think, Dara, but I couldn't find one on Saturday night. So. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I didn't really go looking for one, to be honest. But um, yeah, uh, Alabama. Um, this is the first time Saban's played in Kentucky in 10 years, which is like wild to me. Um, yeah, I didn't believe that either, but it's true. Uh, since 2013 was the last time. They're in, in the SEC. I know, yeah, but they're different sides Sorry. of the SEC, and it seems like every time they play, I know, I know, yeah. But um, so yeah, they haven't played there in ten years. So like, I don't know if that goes into anything because obviously your players aren't there for ten years. Usually, when you go to a team, you're you, it's usually your first and only time playing that stadium. Like that's just the reality of your short span of college football career. But I don't know if that makes any difference in Saban or if you know affects him at all. I wouldn't know, but yeah. Um, in terms of the actual football, uh, Kentucky have like one of the more unconventional defenses in college football. Uh, so, like the issue for them is that Alabama and Jalen Monroe really suit that kind of attack. You know, Jalen Monroe was 155 rushing yards and four touchdowns last week. So, you know, Alabama suit being off schedule because Jalen Monroe is maybe the fastest player on their offense, and like, he's just a lightning bolt once he once he gets out of the pocket. So. It'll be interesting to see, you know, like if they change their approach because, you know, Alabama obviously will suit a more unconventional defense because if you throw something weird at Alabama, Jim Miller was just going to run for a first down. That's just the way they've been playing football. Still very much in playoff content in Alabama. This game's massive in terms of, 
you know, the Ole Miss or Alabama who gets to face Georgia in the SEC championship game, which will almost assuredly get a playoff spot then from that. So it's kind of like, I don't know if you could call it like a playoff round of 16 game, you know, in the, in the sense that if Alabama win this and then they win against Georgia and then they're into the playoffs. So, you know, it's a, it's kind of like that. So, um, yeah, difficult to call this one, but um, I think Alabama just have more pedigree overall. I'm going to take Alabama by a touchdown. Connell, who have you got? I think Alabama win this one. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fairly comfortable for them. The last few weeks, they've just looked absolutely amazing. Like they're back to kind of being, you know, the offense maybe, you know, isn't, you know, as good as it has been the last few years, but it's it's stable, I guess is the best way to put it. I mean, watching them a couple of weeks ago, like Jalen Milrow would get under a single ounce of pressure and he wouldn't stay in the pocket. He'd run and he'd get sacked. And, you know, he looked hesitant, basically. And luckily now he's kind of fixed that a little bit and it's looking a lot better. But I also think, I mean, this defense is, it's, a, it's an Alabama defense, so it's always going to be stacked. But like, you know, Dallas Turner, one of the best pass rushers in next year's draft, Kool-Aid McKinstry, probably a number one or two cornerback in next year's draft. They have Malachi Moore and Chris Braswell as well. So like it's it's absolutely stacked on defense. They've been playing so well this all year on defense that even if the offense doesn't play well, which it didn't earlier in the season, they can make up for it. And obviously, you know, Dara said Jalen Milrow has started to pick things up um and he's you know used his legs more efficiently as well. So I think that's going to be really massive for them. I also think those three losses for Kentucky, like they were all against good teams. So, you know, you see them up against Bama and then it's kind of like they pass form would tell you that they'll probably lose this game. See? See, Jens. How are we down to only two games to go? Hi. I feel like this is falling in. 22 minutes in. Oh, we're on pace. We're on pace. And don't jinx it. But Connell's Wi-Fi is still working. So, yeah. Don't say it too loudly. Don't thank you. Thank you, to, thank you to three. Thanks, three, for my hotspot. Three. Uh, right. Tennessee, Missouri is up next. Now, if you like a little, like a little piddle or a little bet, bet the over in this game. I do not have the over in front of me right now. But there has been an average of almost 56 points per game scored every time. Sorry, in a game every time Missouri have played at home this season. The over's 59, which is maybe the highest of the week. As you Do it. Do it. This game, this game is going to be so fun. Like I have this down as like, even though it's not the biggest game of the week, this is going to be the best game of the week, I think. Yeah. Well, like... I'll be quick then, and I feel, I feel like you boys want to jump into. But Joe Milton has—he wasn't sketchy in the first few weeks, but he has been, have played a lot of, I guess, cleaner football over the last few weeks. You know, he looks a lot more within himself, and like they are going to need him big time in this game if they're, if they're going to go over the line. And um, Tennessee's weakness in terms of their defense has been against teams in terms of opposing passing. Like they allowed Kentucky to complete seventy percent of his attempts two weeks ago. They had over 300 yards on that. I think over 350 yards in the day. Dara, I I think this could be hard for Tennessee. I I, I agree with Connell. I think it'll be very I think it'll be a great game to watch. I think Missouri I I, I think Missouri will pull away towards the end. I'm I'm gonna take Mizzou. Mizzou? Yeah, um I think the spread is one point. Like it's 
it's two similar teams in that they're explosive offenses as we've already sort of hit on Missouri more so through the air and Tennessee are predominantly a rushing attack but um they're both teams can sort of have been scoring points at will all year and also conceding them but um like if it's a like I expect fireworks in this one um Tennessee wins they're hosting Georgia next week so like you can imagine there's a lot of retribution that they feel they owe Georgia after getting embarrassed in in Sanford Stadium last year so uh this could be a really good momentum builder to go into that game um I would imagine these are two teams who are out of playoff contention, but stranger things have happened in college football. And also, even if they aren't, they're well in the mix for like big time bowl games, you know, like like New Year's Six bowl games. So two really, really strong seasons so far from both teams. Um, I'll go to Connell because I think he knows this is a big game and he's, this is one he's like a child at Christmas. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and just like that. <laughs> Did he really go off on? And for people, he, like he just looks like he's no. There, he's there, there he is. There he's he is. There. Hello, Connell. Can you hear us? Well, it's like you ever back in the day when they were trying to get in touch with different countries. Connell, can you hear us? Hold on. What we're going to do on the podcast? We're going to is this? There he is. Can you hear us? Yep. Yeah. I don't think he's hearing. Oops. Hold on, uh, I'm going to kick him out very quickly. I'm going to bring him back in. And Connell, give me a wee thumbs up if you can hear me. I don't, I don't know if you can hear us, you know. Let's go put it out there. We had this video going. Yeah, I'll do this. Hello. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all kicking off. It's all kicking off here, but I, I I'm going to have to edit this. 100%, which is fine. It's just like 25 minutes. Oh, he's gone. Well, this was good. There, there he is. There he is. There he is. There he is. Hi, Colin. Hello, listeners. Hi, listeners. Hi, guys. Nothing can happened. We, can we just pretend on the video that, that was just funny and we'll just move on. So, Dar was asking for your thoughts. I don't, but I don't even know what's after happening. I know, I heard most of what Dara said, but I knew I was well behind. Um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be probably the most fun game of the weekend. Um, Missouri, probably I think my, just my favorite team so far this year. Like I've just enjoyed them. You know, their head coach Eli Drinkowitz was uh, on the hot seat to begin the year. Uh, he's basically saved his job with how well they've done this year. Um, they play really fun. They have probably one of the best young wide receivers in Luther Burden. Uh, their running back Cody Schrader is really good. Uh, they have their cor- one of their cornerbacks Chris Abrams Drain. Uh, if you're looking at a lot of draft boards and stuff, he's been massively, massively rising up. Like I think I saw, you know, just a Mel Kuyper thing uh, last week or the week before, and he was saying he could go like late first round after being predicted maybe as like a round three, four guy before the season started. Mm-hmm. So he's done really, really well for them this year. He already has four interceptions, and the Tennessee are also seven and two. They've been great all year. They run the ball even better than what we thought they would to begin the year. Joe Milton has played a lot better um you know neither of their defenses are like watertight so i think that that's why the the spread is so high on this game and i think it's going to make it really fun uh but my my head is telling me tennessee will win but i think just going with how much i've enjoyed watching missouri games this year i'm going to pick them to win oh 
and we, welcome back. Uh, that that was my yeah. fault that you were off there. Let, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll just be honest. <laughs> let's, let's, let's take this home before it goes off again. <laughs> Washington, Utah. Um, I don't even want to know what time this game is on at, but Washington, like... No, it's it's actually on at a good time for us. Yeah, really? it is. Hold on. Well, will 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 Washington make enough quarterback? Hmm. Eight p.m. Mm, yeah, who knows? And then Dar's <laughs> Wi-Fi is catchy for me now as well. Great. I'm going to very quickly go for this. Will Washington make another quarterback cry this weekend? I love it. I love it. Forty good. Forty-two points. Average per game is ridiculous. 9-0 for the season. Completely undefeated. They probably haven't looked like the best team on defense in college football, but their offense has been flying, boys. But they're taking on Utah, Dara, that have held opponents to around 16 points per game. After scoring 52 last week, they're facing a really different challenge here in Utah, aren't they? Yeah, um, obviously Washington will be hoping to keep this dominant run going, but Utah in previous years, and again this year, sort of against USC, they're serial spoilers. That's a good name for them, um, good alliteration. They, uh, they're, Utah have always just sort of like a team of grown men in college football, and so it's kind of that extra edge. So that always, they always seem like they're older than the other team, and you know, they can, on any given day, just punch you in the mouth and be more physical than you and just completely outplay you and throw you off, off your game altogether. But they're coming up against a Washington team that is the number one offense in college football. They're the best co- the passing offense we've seen in, I don't know, like the, the bar will always be 2019 LSU. You can argue if a couple of them Alabama teams uh, are better than in the recent years, Mac Jones, Alabama team, and if they were at the same level as this Washington team. But um, like, what's interesting to me in this one is that Utah are a really, really good rushing defense, and Washington barely ever run the ball on a good day. So... Like, are Washington even going to think about running the ball here? Is it just going to be pass, 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 pass the entire way? Because the the metrics say there's no reason why Washington should ever need to run the ball in this game. They just just throw the ball through the air, test that Utah coverage unit, which is like at average at best. So, you know, I think this is a this is one where where uh, Washington can really let those fireworks fly and let Michael Penix just extend his lead in the in the Heisman run. He's currently the favorite and. I think if they make the playoff, he should hold on. Is he your Heisman winner, Connell? He probably, I'd say probably, yeah, he is. As of right now, you know, he's he's shown the most. Um, like I, I would still probably go the Caleb Williams, but I think he's probably the best. I can tell that I'm a little bit. You know, behind for you, but that's okay. Oh, we're really almost done. Um, I think Washington wins this game, but I did want to just say that I think if Oregon and Washington played again, I think Oregon wins that game. So I'm hoping that that's the matchup in the in the conference championship game because you know it's like. And um, but I I just think that they're I I actually I think Oregon are a better team than Washington. I think Washington have kind of been a bit lucky not to have lost a game so far this year. And you know Utah, I think they're going to lose this game. It'll be competitive, but 
yeah, like it, it, that's that's the best way I can say it. Uh, hopefully everything has sounded all right. Hopefully everyone has picked up my idea. It actually has, and it was funny the delay there, and it's funny because he's going to hear us in three seconds and we'll keep going. But uh, thank you so much for that, Connell, and, and thank you so much for your input on this episode. You probably won't hear the ending of this, so we'll just, we'll just keep plugging away. He's still yeah, talking about Alan to talk to you, I think, over there. <laughs> <laughs> from what, the week, from like week five? Yeah, yeah. Your, your Notre Dame and, and Navy's going to be a good one on Sunday. <laughs> I just seen all the uh, live chat as well because I put I put it to one side of the screen, so I'm seeing all the private chat here. Amazing! Uh, week eleven of the season, you can use code Ireland for fifteen percent off at homefieldapparel.com. Michael, Dara, Connell, lads, we've always made it through the season here. This is emotional, but thank you both so much. Thank you to everybody that has listened, everyone that's watched the podcast so far this season. Please continue to give us a rating or like it, and we will speak to you soon. God bless.